0: Dave, letter number three begins. What's with the eyebrows? Do you shave them off, or are they a much lighter blonde than your hair? In which case, which do you dye, your hair or your eyebrows? Your pal Gary Brown, St. Louis, Missouri. P.S. The Mets are pond scum. Yeah. Hold it, hold it right there, Gary. Let me let me make one thing clear here. The Mets, in fact, are not pond scum. I'll prove it to you with this chart. Okay. First of all, uh, all right, the Mets emit CO2, okay, so does pond scum. Uh, The Mets occasionally very damp, all right, same with the pond scum. The Mets consume microbes, pond scum consumes microbes. Uh, The Mets failed to beat St. Louis and the NL East, and well, so did the pond scum. Uh, Here's one difference, the Mets are eligible for free agency after five years, pond scum not eligible for free agency after five years. Uh, the Mets annually sponsor Thermal Mug Night. Ponscum, on the other hand, disdain flashy promotions. Uh, finally, the Mets have one player named Mookie. Ponscum, everyone is named Mookie. So, as you can see here... Well, hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Kiner, along with Fran Healy and Tim McCarver, all set for a very important series with the St. Louis Cardinals. If the Mets can win all three ballgames... They will be five and a half games back of the Cardinals. <laughs> and the pitch back is a ball, and the count one and one. How
1: about that sign up there? JC says the Mets are pond scum. Now that's a t-shirt they're giving out here in St. Louis and the fans reacting to that plane. There it is.
0: What a reaction by this capacity crowd. The fans are reacting to something that's overhead.
1: Okay, here it is.
0: (laughs) And the pitch to her takes the count to a ball and a strike. That's a plane with a message trailing from J.C. Corcoran. said the Mets are pond scum. Uh, I guess the car... There it is. <laughs> and some 50,000 reacting. Alex Rasniel, our young doctor, working at Washington University Med Center in St. Louis, Missouri, has won $64,000. And going for
2: $125,000. Now, what do you miss about New York out there?
0: Well, there's a couple things I miss. Um, One is being able to get any kind of food, any hour of the day or night. Can't do that in Missouri. Another thing is the great public transportation, especially the Staten Island Ferry. Mm -hmm. I really miss that and being around the water. Baseball teams? Oh, yeah. I miss being able to go to see my favorite team, the Mets. Well, when they they go to St. Louis, you can see them there. Yeah, and then I have to put up with all the St. Louis fans saying... The Mets are pond scum. They have that saying down there. What do they call the Mets? They call the Mets pond scum. Pond and scum. It's a holdover from the rivalry that the Mets and Cardinals had in the 80s. And this year, the Mets and the Cardinals uh, met up that. in the playoffs again. It was a great So playoff. people revived the uh,
2: But why rivalry. pond scum?
0: I'm still not sure. You know, a guy that. called
2: me that years ago. I never knew what he meant.
0: Yeah. Pond scum. <laughs> Something else to worry about. All right. 64,000, yes. going for 125,000, one lifeline left, Alex, let's do it. Let's go all the way, okay? okay. And let's play. <laughs> now, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous, don't be rocky. You're a teenage the jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful, like look. Did that voice inside you say,
2: I've
1: heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over again. Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. You're at JCOnTheLine.com. It was fun hearing all of that stuff. And the reason I played it is because it was July 2nd, 1987. The anniversary it was just a couple of days ago. And I've talked about it extensively one way or another and this isn't sometimes people think i'm trying to deflect the blame for all of this <laughs> it's not at all it's just the truth we were sitting around at the radio station trying to decide you know what we could do and at that time we had a promotional budget boy those were the good old days I remember I asked for $500 once in 2009 when it was my 25th anniversary of being on the air. We were doing a big celebration. You might remember we had stuff to give away and all that. I asked for $500 and they're like, we don't have $500. And about six months later, the company ran out of money. They had to cut like 30, 40% of their budget. And our show got whacked. Katie Cruz got whacked. A lot of people, the place used to have something like 130 employees in that building. Now there's something like, Nineteen. Welcome to broadcasting in the 2000s. Anyhow, we were sitting around trying to decide what to do, and it was actually Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly, the daughter of St. Louis Blues legendary play-by-play man Dan Kelly, who, by the way, still doesn't have a star on the St. Louis Walk of Fame. But I digress. And Kathy said, "Why don't we, you know, have <laughs> we have a plane drag a thing says uh 937 jc Says the Mets are Ponscombe. Let's have it fly over the ballpark, you know, right at the beginning of the game. And so as you heard, Tom Hur was at bat. The crowd goes nuts. And because of the configuration of the old ballpark, the old Bush Stadium, where they had that rim around the entire ballpark, the guys are sitting in the booth. And all of a sudden, 50,000 people start cheering wildly for nothing. And these guys are all looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? And finally, finally, as the plane emerged around one side of the ballpark to the other, then the guys in the press area could see what was going on. And then you heard both Al Rabosky and also the WOR New York television broadcast version of the whole thing. And in addition to that, Regis Philbin, that thing has popped up everywhere. That Metzer Pondskum thing is everywhere. And it was all, it was all based on one idea. I was sitting here in the middle of 1980s just thinking to myself, we need something. we got to capitalize on this whole idea of the rivalry and the battle that goes on between the Mets and the Cardinals. And those were the good old days where the Mets were a real, real easy team to hate because you had Howard Johnson and you had Wally Backman and you had Ron Darling and Sid Fernandez and you had Keith Hernandez, Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden. We hated them. We despised them. We couldn't stand, couldn't even tolerate their existence. I'm like, what can we do? And I'm sitting there just minding my own business, and all of a sudden this popped up on TV, and this is where the original idea came from.
2: Right. your personality is very strong. Amen. But I know that that's not the real you. You know, an aggressive
0: personality is often a mask or a very... Shy and sensitive soul. And I'm willing to gamble that you are just such a person.
2: You're not wearing a bra, are you? <laughs>
1: the man is pond scum. I that was like, that's it. That's it. That is it. That's absolutely perfect. So I started saying the Mets are Ponsum, the Mets are Ponscom, the Mets are Ponsum. And Gary Brown, one of our listeners, who's sitting, I think it was in St. Charles County, uh, writes David Letterman, the letter. They use it on viewer mail, and we were off to the races. Here's something I pulled down off of the Mets television network. This is just a couple of years ago, and this is Keith Hernandez, I think David cone is in on this no this is right in the middle of the game
0: Forty-four thousand last night on hand, another big crowd amazing we had so many people come up and just talk about like you are born into cardinal nation you've had so many teammates and buddies that played here and played lived here you
1: know what this is like this is unique here this is, this is what is expected out of a st louis cardinal fan here in st louis you dress red white or baby blue game day
2: Diehards. I used to come in here with the Mets back in the late 80s, and they referred to us as Pond Scum. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a rivalry, especially when Keith Hernandez came from the Cardinals. Right, right. And went to the Mets.
0: Uh, you were at Old Bush when it was turf. Yes. It was hot in the summers here. Those teams could fly. Pond Scum doesn't run as quickly as some of those Cardinals, <laughs> team, does It does not. In the 1980s, St. Louisans fondly referred to the Mets as Pond Scum, the driving force behind the catchphrase, radio personality J.C. Corcoran. Well, JC's is at it again with a different spin. Corcoran and crew are having 5,000 t-shirts and 7,000 signs printed up as we speak. A bold reminder, Mets are Pond Scum. Fans can pick up free Mets are Pond Scum signs.
1: The Mets are Pond Scum.
0: The New York Mets are Pond Scum. Nobody wants to go to New York and play the Pond Scum, They're different different players nowadays, but still pond scum. I
1: don't know where I heard it from, but it really gets catchy and it works.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you where it started with me. Longtime St. Louis radio personality J.C. Corcoran chronicles in a new book how the roots of the Mets are pond scum go back to 1987 in a July regular season series against the Mets. Started with a trade, the card sending first baseman Keith Hernandez to the Mets in June 1983 for relievers Neil Allen and Rick Ownby. It escalated when a St. Louis disc jockey called the Mets pond de scum, and it climaxed when these teams fought a virtual three-year war for dominance in the National League East. Okay, so maybe St. Louis fans, though, aren't so civil. Take a look at what we found tonight. These signs, thousands of them, will be going out tomorrow to fans, brought to you by a local radio station here, Pond Scum, referring to that bitter rivalry back in the 1980s. We're going to see a lot more stuff like this. Mandy, Wow, this is getting nasty. All right, thanks a lot, Lynn. So the big game is now less than 24 hours away. Cardinals fans will do almost anything to make the Mets feel unwelcome, (laughs) like revisiting the past. Thousands of posters will be distributed around Bush Stadium tomorrow, and they read... Mets or pond scum?
2: The Mets and pond scum. (laughs) I'll never forget that. But where did the phrase come from?
0: Local radio personality J.C. Corcoran actually used it first in 1987. Radio host J.C. Corcoran made it a household phrase.
1: Pond scum is waste. It is refuse. It is of no value. There is no purpose for its existence. It is useless. What's
0: in this stuff? Peter Bernhardt is a biology professor at St. Louis University, and as he scooped some scum, he also admitted he's a Mets fan. Oh, I think Pond Scum gets gets a terribly bad rap. R. Steve Bartlestein woke up today to some Mets bashing on the St. Louis radio this morning, so he checked it out. See a bunch of cocky, jumpy
1: East Coast guys. We don't need it.
0: Well, well if the traffic wasn't up, bad up, enough, we had to listen to,
1: listen to this too. guy for more than 20 seconds. Still, upon arrival, I was cordial, as was this longtime morning team. In fact... We joined the show briefly, but then the gloves came (laughs) off, but we can hold our own. So what's your assignment today? What are you going to be doing? Just slam you when I get back to New York. But (laughs) here's the best part, Met fans. Now the thing about it is, see, we're we're coming to New York this weekend.
0: Uh Yep, remember (laughs) that face. It's up to you, New York, New York. These franchises, these cities, do not like each other.
1: So there it is, the complete and comprehensive story of the Mets or Pond Scum, which is interesting. You go to Wikipedia just to show you how reliable that service is, they're like, Nobody really knows what the origin of the Matsarponscom is like, right, right. Yeah, nobody has any idea. They're even trying to take that away. They're trying to erase every trace of me ever having done anything decent on radio in the last 39 years all right this might be a good time to alert people who are at a pool uh, which i was yesterday at the chesterfield aquatic center which by the way a kid oh, like i would say look like maybe he was 10 or 11 black kid, is uh, jumping off the diving board in the deep end and i guess he started to panic or something and um they had to go in there and fish him out and they pulled him out and his whole body was just limp I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. They pulled him out and they started doing all the resuscitation. Long story made short, you know, the AMTs showed up, Chesterfield police all that sort of stuff. He's all right. Apparently he just started panicking for some reason. He was in the deep end, sort of lost his way a little bit and, um, you know, started to drown. But I'm telling you, when they fished him out, his body looked lifeless. They did the resuscitation. He's okay. He didn't even have to go to the hospital. So that was good. But, uh. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is, and this happens with backpacks too, and let me just explain what I mean. If you are sitting, for example, on the aisle seat of an airplane and you're safely tucked in there, you've got your baggage in the overhead compartment, you've got your seatbelt on, and you're sitting there and you're waiting for everybody to board the plane and people are going past you because they're going towards the end of the plane. You know, invariably you'll get one of these guys who has a giant backpack and he's got like a Kawasaki jet ski stuffed into the goddamn thing and doesn't understand that he is protruding another two to three feet out the back. So he's coming down the aisle, now he's got to turn around and make sure his wife and kids are behind him. So he turns to look around and when he does, you take a backpack in the teeth. I'm like, dude, dude, you're 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 sticking out another two feet when you have that Anyhow, so the, the similar thing happened yesterday at the pool. There was about a 20-mile-an-hour wind, which was nice. And these old ladies still use sunblock that's in an aerosol spray can, which I didn't even think that stuff was still around. I mean, aerosol went out with high-button shoes. Once we you know, sort of found out what aerosol was doing to the ozone, just from an environmental standpoint, I, I just I can't believe that anybody still uses aerosol. But these people are spraying the stuff on their bodies, and they, they don't even see that 80% of it is not even making it onto their skin because of the wind. It's just blowing through the air. And if you happen to be downwind of one of these people, suddenly your sunglasses are completely caked over with sunblock from the stupid aerosol can. Please don't do that. I don't do a lot of Taylor Swift stories on the podcast or on the radio show on K-Wolf, which by the way is back up and running after a nightmarish situation over the weekend. It wasn't even the radio station's fault. You know, half of Westport was out of power for a couple of days. As of this morning, there were still something like uh, 16,000 people in Missouri alone, still without power. The storm was Saturday. This is Wednesday. And so we were victimized, too. Our internet went out. All the electricity went out. And these were major downed power lines and transformers that blew up or got hit by lightning. And so it wasn't the radio station's fault. It was a massive power failure. that's just the way it goes sometimes, and it's a shame that it happened over the 4th of July, where you probably wanted to listen to the radio station and couldn't. But anyhow, we're back up and running now. And I've been staying out in Maryland Heights the last week or two, and one side of the street had power, the other side didn't. And there were people running power cords from their house across the street, just running the cord right across the street and into their neighbor's home because... It could help them out. See, this is why you got to stay in good terms with your neighbors. Even if you can't stand them, it's a good idea to just have them on your side for situations like this. Because if the power goes out, you can't choose that moment to just go, I think I'll go over with a cup of sugar and introduce myself. It doesn't work that way. If you have bad neighbors, it's. It, I mean, it can just ruin every aspect of your life. If your neighbors are no good, they can ruin your life. But if they find out you have a generator, suddenly they're all smiles. Anyhow, radio station's back on the air. Our stream is back at kwulf.com. Anyhow, back to the Taylor Swift thing. She's got two shows, Friday and Saturday at Arrowhead. And I'm guessing that either somebody you know or maybe in your family or whatever is going to end up there. And people don't want to cop to the whole thing. They don't want to admit that they went to Taylor Swift. So, as a public service, I'm going to take some of the... Uh, Guilt and embarrassment and shame that you have for going to Taylor Swift. Here's a list of the celebrities that have attended one of her shows one way or the other, someplace Emma Stone, Selena Gomez, Emma Watson, Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath took his grandkids. Ethan Hawke, Billy Joel took his wife and his two young daughters, Reese Witherspoon, Blake Lively, Lena Dunham, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban, Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello, Aaron Rodgers attended. Miles Teller, Paul Rudd, Drew Barrymore, Bradley Cooper, Flavor Flav, David Harbour, Millie Bobby Brown and Jake Bongiovi. The tour by the way is on its way to becoming the highest-grossing tour of all time on track to rake in more than 1 billion dollars, which would be a new record. Just as a point of reference, Elton John holds the current record with eight hundred and eighty seven million for his farewell yellow brick road tour. Daniel Kalua is producing a Barney movie. And if you're saying to yourself, great, JC, you give us Taylor Swift, now Barney. You're doing a hell of a job here today. No, 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 no. This thing is going to be geared toward adults, but according to an executive, it won't be R-rated. It will focus on, and this is a quote, the disenchantment of 30-something-year-olds who grew up with Barney, end quote. That sounds pretty freaky. The new Mission Impossible movie I saw about a week ago. It opens on Wednesday of next week, a week from today, and we'll have a review for you on Tuesday morning, tonight at 8.30 on CBS. It's going to be a Mission Impossible behind-the-scenes special as the hype for this thing kicks into high gear. Birthdays today, Edie Falco from The Sopranos is 60. Mark Cohn, he was walking in Memphis, you know, 64. Huey Lewis, 73. Robbie Robertson of the band, 80. The Bikini made its debut at a Paris fashion show on this date in 1946 it was considered scandalous and then uh, people like uh, Ava Gardner and Bridget Bardot started wearing them in public public beaches and also in movies and pretty soon the two-piece swimming suit became a thing and it didn't matter that some people were objecting to it it was like sorry cats out of the bag can't put the genie back in the bottle but I said this a couple of years ago and I and I do believe it I think we are heading toward a point where pretty soon women are just going to be topless all over the place. It's the natural progression of things because the only thing you can do now is to go backwards and go to swimming suits from like the 1800s that look like long underwear, you know, with the big stripes and everything like that. And I don't think that's going to happen. So the natural progression of this is that eventually women just start taking their tops off and figure, look, they fucking do it in Europe and we're going to do it here. Free the goddamn nipple already. And I, I think it's only a matter of time. I've said this before, that if you took somebody who died 100 years ago and you brought them back to life right now and you just took them out in public. Yeah, I think they'd be fascinated by seeing jets fly, and I think television would probably make them really have an incredulous feeling. But I am convinced that the one thing that would register the most with both men and women, especially men, would be if you took them into a shopping mall in the summer and just let them watch the way women are dressed going up and down the halls and the aisles of the shopping mall. I I think you take somebody from 100 years ago and their teeth would just start popping right out of their gums. Eddie Out the Bikini making its debut at a Paris fashion show on the date 77 years ago, inspiring this song from Saturday Night Live's Victoria Jackson.
2: I'm in New York in my office where people wear clothes because it's cold while you're at a bar in Miami watching bimbos walk by in bikinis. I never look at other men because I have you. You look at bimbos and bikinis do you have to i don't like miami there's too much flesh out of control when someone's boobs are in your face how can you see their soul okay. and then it's like lust is rampant and all i see are bikinis and bimbos and mtv and playboy and commercials on the streets everywhere you'd have to be blind not to notice them they're blind Hey, if you were blind, our love could work So I think I'll just get a knife and stab your eyes out (laughs) But I don't want you to be blind Because then you couldn't see me So I guess I'll have to just go to a gym and work out real hard And buy a bikini I'll buy a bikini My goodness,
1: All right, a little bit of this uh, Adam Wainwright thing, because I ain't buying any of it. I'm just not buying any of it. After covering this team and the goings-on with the franchise for the last nearly 40 years, you know, sometimes trying to get information out of the Cardinals is like trying to get information out of the Kremlin. I mean, good luck. So they're putting Adam Wainwright on the IL after three really, really disturbing starts out there, including yesterday. Opposition hitters, by the way, are hitting... What is it? Three fifty-four off Cardinal pitching in the first inning. That's not good. So after the game, they get blown out 15-2. to They finish the series tonight in Miami. After the game yesterday, Cardinal organization announces that Adam Wainwright is going on the I.L. So what does that mean? What are we supposed to believe? We're the smartest. We're the best baseball fans in America. And I personally feel sort of insulted. I feel like these guys are insulting my intelligence because they're trying to sell us this. And it's bullshit. What are we supposed to believe? That Adam Wainwright developed the problem yesterday and then reported to the organization? In which case, how does that explain the first two crappy starts? Did he have shoulder or arm trouble and not tell anybody? Did he have shoulder or arm trouble and did the cardinal organization not tell us? Or is it just all BS? One of those things has to be true. Because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. All I know is we're what, eleven and a half games on our first place? And you know the All Star break is coming up. If you like Paul Goldschmidt, make sure you record a lot of his at bats and things like that and games that he's playing in because I think he's gone. I think the Cardinals are going to say, look, he's got a year left on his contract. We could actually get something for him as we try to rebuild and he's not going to be the only one he won't be the only one but goldschmidt i think is g-o-n-e and again you have all these cardinal insiders all the tv stations all the radio stations the newspapers are cardinals let's go to our cardinal insider and isn't it fascinating when there's a major development or a big trade or something like that it just seems like everybody gets the information at exactly at exactly the same time so what are you trying to sell us here But you watch, you watch. All right, I have two particularly favorite days on which to do a radio show. One is the day after Thanksgiving, and one is the day after the 4th of July. And that's because we we get the injury reports. I love those uh, day after Thanksgiving stories of some guys trying to deep fry a turkey, And puts it in his garage because it's raining out. And then says, okay, it's all set to go. Goes upstairs, watch a football game, take a shower or whatever. Comes back down. House is all on fire. Or my favorite one is when the house is on fire, the garage is on fire, and it just melts the siding off the house next door. And then the other favorite day is today, the day after the 4th of July, because we get the injury reports from people doing stupid shit with fireworks A 58-year-old guy in Cary, Illinois. Now, keep in mind, he's almost 60. He's lived a long life. He should be giving advice to people and to kids about safety. You accumulate a lot of wisdom over a 58-year-long period living on the planet, and so you impart that wisdom to others around you. Not this guy. 58-year-old guy in Cary, Illinois. That's about an hour and a half northwest of downtown Chicago. Anyhow, this guy was seriously injured by a commercially rated firework. He was setting them off outside and thought one was a dud. So what does he do? Oh, it's a dud. Let me stare down into the tube to see what was wrong. And you guessed it. Hit him in the face. He was in and out of consciousness on his way to the hospital. A town in northern Michigan was planning a big fireworks display over a lake But right before the show, the platform they were on collapsed, fell in the water, so they had to cancel the thing. Four apartment units in central Florida were damaged in a fire after a seven year old got a hold of some fireworks and set them off inside. Parents had left him home alone. He was seven. Nobody heard. Gas station chain Sheets, S H E E T Z, had long lines yesterday. After dropping the price of its gas to under 2 bucks in honor of America's birthday, they changed the prices to $1.776. Did you even know what we were celebrating yesterday? Somebody quizzed 2,000 Americans, and only 59% chose the right answer, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. A separate poll found a third of us can't spell the word independence, Also, just 58% correctly identified the country we gained our independence from, which, of course, was Great Britain. And 42% of Americans polled did not give the right answer. 11% said we declared our independence from Native Americans. I don't know, it was the 4th of July and people started drinking about a week and a half ago, so maybe that explains it. Yeah, that's what America's all about. We combine alcohol and explosives it could possibly go wrong. Only five short months now until you have to see your relatives again on Thanksgiving. And I'm on my way to Chicago. My daughter wants to see the Home Alone house and the Bean And I got a sister having a big birthday and all that sort of stuff. They're still recovering from heavy flooding in Chicago. It is so bad, it could take another week before everybody's ammunition dries out. And with that, the J.C. Corkman podcast for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023 is in the can. We're here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11, right after the radio show at 101.5 in St. Louis and 101.7 West and beyond and online at KWULF. Dot com 530 to 10 every day we'll talk to you from chicago for the next couple of days and then back in town saturday night for el monstero and in the meantime we've beaten this one to death have a good one see you later bye uh the mets annually sponsor thermal mug night bonds
0: come on the other hand disdain flashy promotions the jc corcoran podcast